Break every stronghold, shine through the shadows, burn like a fire. <coughs> I just want to speak the name of Jesus over every heart and every mind. Declaring there is hope and there is freedom, I speak Jesus. Your name is power, your name is healing, your name is life. Break every stronghold, shine through the shadows. Burn like a fire. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. He's been my fourth man in the fire, time after time. Born of his spirit, washed in his blood.
and he heard and he answered that's why I trust him that's why I trust him I sought the Lord and he heard and he answered I sought the Lord and he heard and he answered I sought the Lord and he heard and he answered that's why I trust him that's why I trust him I sought the Lord and he heard I love you, Lord, for your mercy never fails me. All my days I've been held in your hands. From the moment that I wake up till I lay my head, I will sing of the goodness of God. Let's sing that again. I love you, Lord, for your mercy never fails me. All my days I've been held in your hands. From the moment that I wake up till I of God cause all my life you have been faithful and all my life you have been so so good with every breath that I am able I will sing of the goodness of God. I 
love your voice you have led me through the fire in darkest night you are close like no other I've known you as a father I've known you as a friend and I have lived in the goodness of God cause all my of God Your goodness is running after running after me Your goodness is running after running after me with my life give you everything your goodness is running after running after me cause all my life you have been faithful and all of God I will sing of the goodness of God sweeter than honey 
Sweeter than honey, sweeter than honey, Lord, you are sweeter than honey, sweeter than honey, we have tasted and seen that you are good. Your name is higher than any other. You shed your blood so we could be set free. Lord, your goodness overwhelms us. tasted and seen that you are good. I have tasted and seen that you are and 
much. And then in the last minute to try to deal with it, it would like go away. It would there would be no significance at all in what was going on. So I just I'm thinking, wow. <laughs> okay, God. It's good. Goodness of God. Over and over, was shown to us. So, I just wanted to share that with y'all. Know that God is still in control. He is. It's pretty wild. It just things look like they were giants. And when you got to it, so Sean and Dana, they're going to share with us this morning things that they've been seeing and doing. I love when God coordinates things. And um, uh, a while back, Jack and Kay asked me if I could speak on uh, spiritual dimensions and uh, different things that a lot of people in the church don't hear about. And I've been holding on to it. I, I haven't felt any urgency or anything. I, I knew that in time there'd be a time for it. And uh, could not sleep last night. Just eluded me between pain and just strangeness in the spirit and different things going on. Nothing personal, nothing, you know, I can put my finger on, but I just could not sleep. It was about 3.30 I woke up this morning, which has become, wait till you get older, Rusty. Uh, it's uh, become kind of normal for me now, uh, but um, uh, I'm laying there and I'm laying there and I'm laying there and all of a sudden I hear <sighs> and I look over. Dana's awake. I said, why are you awake? Couldn't sleep. Don't know what's going on. I said, me either. Well, so now it's four, a little after four. I get up, make some coffee. I said, I got coffee made. She comes out. And uh, I don't know if anybody here is familiar with L.A. Marzulli, but I know L.A. quite well. And, and uh, he had made a post. Really hot here. He had made a post, um, uh, which Ellie does quite often. But this was kind of a rushed post, like it was quick, and it was a reaction to something that he had seen. Now I'm going to share this, but it's. Um, I want to say this isn't about glorifying the works of the enemy or anything that we're going to see physically in the world. This is about. Remembering how to react when we start seeing these things happening. This is about gauging ourselves as a Christian, knowing Christ's character, and reacting accordingly. 
and having it instilled in us. Somebody a long, long time ago shared some wisdom with me. They said, if you get up and you're going to give a message and you've got to spend four days preparing for it, you probably shouldn't be given the message. Because messages should come out of the abundance of your heart. They should pour out of what's inside of you. Um, and if you don't have the avenue to give what's in the abundance of your heart, you're probably in the wrong place. <laughs> I thought, well, that's pretty harsh. But he was right. And um, the spiritual dimension that we're living in right now is already opening up and is beyond anything that I would have fathomed now seeing it in reality. So one of the reasons why Jack and Kay wanted me to speak to this is because their daughter is going through things that I've just always taken as being normal Christianity. I get weird stuff and people look at me and go, but God gives me instructions and I go after it and I do what I have to do. Um... There are things happening in the world. And when I woke up this morning and L.A. was giving a recap of something that I had seen two days ago but didn't think anything of, because it really wasn't covered by anybody. Nobody really said anything about it in the news or anything else. And There was a, an apparent mall shooting in Florida, and everybody rushed to the mall, and then they found out that it was a bunch of gangs firing fireworks at each other. But that's not what happened. Hundreds upon hundreds of people were yelling, screaming, and hollering, and running out in absolute terror from the mall. Over 100 police cars showed up at the mall. Even for a shooting, they don't do that. Nobody got this on film, except for one news helicopter that got some really grainy footage from a long distance, and you can't even really make out exactly what we're looking at. <laughs> Prepare yourselves. This is reality, and I'm going to go into why it's reality in a second. Nobody filmed it when they were running out, because if you watch these people running out of this mall, they were running in terror. They weren't just running from gunshots. They weren't just, these people were sprinting. I mean, people that physically shouldn't be able to sprint were sprinting out of this place. There was a couple people that have now spoken and said what they saw. They said, one guy said he was standing by Foot Locker with his girlfriend. They were down there because they were doing a, a timeshare, just taking a vacation around New Year's. And as they walked into the mall, they saw all these people running away. And his first thought was, what's going on? Then he heard, bang, 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 bang. And he says, I knew right away what was happening. And he said, I looked down the mall, back towards Foot Locker, and he said there was an eight and a half to ten foot being running towards, fading out, fading in, and was closer, and faded out, and faded in, 
and was closer again. And he said, and I took off in a dead run. I didn't look back again. I didn't anything. I grabbed the hand of my girlfriend and we ran for everything that we had. The other accounts, there was only a few of them that have come out publicly, uh, were the same. And then they have a helicopter shot of this thing walking outside the mall. It's very grainy. It's really hard to see. Um, and it has been basically defuncted. No one's talking about it. That is the spirit of a Nephilim. What people don't understand is Nephilim still exist in the earth. They exist in a physical, spiritual realm. They are trying to come back to this realm from the realm that they've been sent to, that they've been in. Go ahead, Jack. Yeah, what? what a Nephilim is? Yeah, okay, so a Nephilim is actually a hybrid. A Nephilim is the, the mixing of uh, the fallen angels and, and, the, um, and, uh, and, and, and man, woman, right? So the genetics of the two combined together. Uh, the Bible speaks to it as being those men of old, of renown, of great power. Um, modern mythology, ancient mythology, speaks to it as being Zeus, Hercules, and all the other gods, whether it's South American or, or European or Mediterranean or Middle Eastern or Eastern, they all have sets of deities that reign in that. Um, a lot of these individuals and these beings are not just uh, combinations of man and angels, but it also speaks in the book of uh, Jasaph, or was it Jasaph is a historical book? And then, uh, of course, in Enoch, in the book of the giants, it talks specifically about them mixing with other animals as well, and birds. And so, and fish, that's right. So you've got mermen, mermaids, you've got all these other things that people think are mythology and they're reality. They are reality. Now, there's one thing that sets us apart is that we are supposedly a logical, intellectual group of individuals that doesn't have that spiritual burden anymore, and so we don't have to accept that. That is a bunch of hokum. It's probably one of the biggest deceptions that's out there because it no longer gives place to God or to spiritual things. It's one more way of them taking away spiritual reality. Um, but to bring it back together... The, the events that have been happening recently, that, that, that event that happened in Miami just a few days ago was actually just one of many, many events that have happened. Last year, there was a gentleman in uh, uh, Canada uh, who was uh, driving. He was driving down the road. And he told his girlfriend and his buddy, pull over, you've got to pull over now. You're not seeing what I'm seeing in my camera. You've got to pull over now. And he filmed a giant walking on top of a ridge of a mountain. Massive thing. Um, having spent, before I came here, the last number of years prior to being in Regina, I spent in Calgary for over 10 years. I know what it is to see something walking, and I know what it is to see a man walking up on a ridge. And that was no man. That was something huge. Um, he then, the next day, went back because he was trying to figure out what he saw. And when he was back the next day, in the same location, filmed a UFO. A light coming down out of the sky, right to the same spot. He was almost speechless when he filmed that. A week later, he went back to that spot. 
He posted the other two, got immediate responses from all over the place, went back a week later, and there were armored vehicles on top of that point. And that was verified by local news and by others. Um, he then came out and said, I don't know what to tell you, this is the craziest thing I've ever experienced, etc., etc." Did one more video after that as a response video, denied everything, said it was all fake, that it never really happened. Then a week later, posted one more video and it was short. He says, this may be the last video I ever post, but I have to put this out there. My videos are not a lie, they're the truth. And he died a month later. Cause of death unknown. And this is verified. This is, this, is, this is where we're at right now. Now, I'm not saying he died because of spiritual things. I'm not saying he died because of governmental interference. I don't understand why he passed away, but I think it's just consequential, and I think it's something that should be mentioned. Um, there was a similar experience with a giant walking on top of the ridge uh, a number of years back in Mexico. Um, last year, there was a giant, uh, uh, three of them actually, in the backyard of a family in Los Angeles. And again, documented, the police showed up, they have a police body cam, they all witnessed a bright blue light, bluish green light dropping out of the sky and landing someplace in the area and these things were seen walking around. And then they disappeared. And mysteriously his camera in the backyard stopped working at the same time. Now that's all fine and good, but what that does is that just brings us to a place of understanding that this is not just an incidental thing. This is a reality. These are spiritual realities. We don't glorify them. We don't give them any place other than to recognize what they are because we're coming into this timeline. Ronald Reagan years ago said, I often wonder what it would take for humanity to come together. Would we still be so divided apart if aliens suddenly showed up? Or would we become one people and act in defense of who we are? And I thought, wisdom at the time, I think he was foreshadowing. I don't know if it was prophetic or if it was something, insight that he had. But I think he was foreshadowing. Um, President Trump turned around and said, we're forming Space Force because we need it more now than ever, and trust me, we need it. I wish I could tell you, but I can't, but we need it, and you're gonna see in the days to come how much we need it. That was on the day that he signed the papers for Space Force, and that's been given no playtime after that since. You can still find it, it's out there. These are all spiritual realities, okay? Um, many of us have seen angels. Many of us have seen different things like demonic forces coming after individuals or ourselves. Those of us who've been involved in deliverance for any period of time probably spend hours telling you the crazy crap we've seen. Uh, but you know what? It doesn't rattle me. It doesn't rattle me. I get more... I'm more beside myself when the presence of God comes in at such a strength that I can't hold myself together. Is that the good, a good way to put it? You know, I mean, when the Toronto blessing happened, I remember saying, ah, that's garbage. I, I spoke against it. That's garbage. God would never do that. Why would he do that? That's just ridiculous. And then one day we were in this place called the rap room 
and it's just a little room off the back of a house where a guy had built a big old boat one time. It was like a garage, and we were having services there. And I remember saying to the Lord, well, Lord, if this is real, then you let it happen. But if it's not, I want nothing to do with it. And man, I got hammered. I got absolutely lambasted by the Spirit of God. You know, Jack and Kay have told me similar stories. I've heard stories from Dana, similar things. And, and other people in my life have told me stories like that. The reason I'm using that is because it's a direct comparison to what the enemy would try and do. The enemy would try and break us down, destroy us, and do things with these strange spiritual occurrences that are happening. And they are happening. And take away from the character and the miraculous nature of Jesus Christ and who he is. So what does that mean to us? Well, we have to look at how it actually affects society and what it could do. Consider this, all the bench warmers, and if you're a bench warmer, I'm not trying to ignore or, or uh, insult you, but um, if you're one that has not yet step, stepped forward into the things of God and you're hesitant and you're wondering and you're curious, but you haven't made that commitment to the Lord, I would say make it now. Because there's coming a time real quick here where these things are going to start occurring publicly. You're going to start to see manifestations on our own streets. And then one of two things is either going to happen. You're going to run to the arms of Christ or you're going to turn away and run as fast as you can the other direction. It's called the great falling away. John spoke of it in Revelation. He said there will be a great revival and there will be a great falling away at the same time. Not only that, but in that there will be betrayals. There will be people that you love and trust that will turn on you and turn you over to officials. Because at that point, that's what they're calling for. And it will happen. So as these things progress, I'm trying to just set the scene for us. Okay, As these things progress, what should our reaction be to this? Well, it's going to be different and it's going to be varied. The one thing we need to do is to keep the focus on Christ. And when you're speaking to others, when you're dealing with it yourself, you need to be able to hear the voice of God. Okay, As an example, I'm going to use something that we talked about over Christmas. Kay and I have a tendency to have mouths. And so we can say things when we're in private settings we would never say from the pulpit, but that some people would go, <gasps> and it would offend their sensibilities. Now, Jack's not made that way. Jack just, he wasn't brought up that way. Those types of words don't leave his mouth. That's just not Jack. Now, if I was ever standing in a room and the door was open in the distance, and I knew Jack was over there, and all of a sudden I heard Jack's voice say something that would normally come from Kay and I, I don't have to question that it's Jack. I would question what happened, but I know Jack's voice. The reason I use that, it's a little bit funny, but the reason I use it is because God is saying things to people in different ways right now. He's telling people to do things they've never thought of doing before. He's speaking to them about things that, why would you talk to me about that, Lord? I don't understand it. 
An example is a couple days ago, I had my neighbor come walking down the road, and I had shared some stories with her at one point because they have a son that is uh, an adult uh, um, uh, that is in permanent medical care that will be living with them until he's with the Lord. And he, he knows the Lord. Um, his mom and dad know the Lord. And she was telling me about an occurrence she had with an angel because I had shared that with her the last time that we had met each other and, and uh, uh, an event that had happened with me. And she was telling me about how she had met this angel and how she saw this angel, and it was just glorious. And I said, I said to her, I said, what do you think the reasoning was? She says, you know, I've asked that for years. She said, we were really in a pretty good space at that point, but I guess I just needed to hear it. And I said, and when you say it now, it puts goosebumps on my arm, what does it do to you? She said, oh, the same thing still to this day. I said, and so when something occurs that you don't understand, what do you fall back to? Well, I fall back to my relationship with Christ, but I remember these types of things, and it makes me really feel closer to him. I said, right. And so that's what we have to do. We, we have to get to a point where we know the Lord's voice so well that even when he says things that we think are out of character for him, that we can continue on with what we need to do. And we need to not panic. There's a reaction that needs to happen. It's a reaction of calmness, of assurance, and of authority. Because we have all those things. There is no need to panic in the kingdom. That doesn't mean that sometimes there isn't urgency. Urgency and panic are two different things. And I want Dana to share something that she shared with me this morning. Because we were talking about these giants and how they would appear and disappear. <laughs> so you're telling me that you had giants happening and they would appear and disappear, and I'm just giggling because this is what I've heard. No. As a problem. Yeah, yeah. But the words were just so spot on. It was just like... So Dana, this morning, she hadn't told me anything, and then we start listening to this report and watched the news report, and I started talking to her about what was in my heart, and she came to me and said, Wasn't that a really big deal or anything? Well, it is, because it's a conversation. I mean, we were, I was up all night. I tried sleeping in the living room. I tried sleeping in the bedroom. I was in pain, my neck and my arm. Anyway, uh, at one point, um, and I didn't see it physically, it was just like in the spirit, I saw this thing standing at the foot of our bed just watching us. And it was like, I'd, I've seen angels, I've seen demons, but I've never seen anything like this. It was one of those weird... Uh, almond-shaped head, gray alien things. And it was just, and I wasn't afraid. I just knew it was there, and I rebuked it. And then I just went on with my day. But uh, as as I was tossing and turning in over the morning, I, I was just, I was just really wanting God to speak to me. And uh, he gave me Psalm 16, 5, and it's a scripture that, I don't ever remember where it is, but every time I read it, it's one of my go-tos for my life. 
And it says, uh, Yahweh, you alone are my inheritance. You are my prize, my pleasure, and my portion. You hold my destiny and its timing in your hands. And uh, so when, when weird things happen, uh, I just remind myself that God is, he holds my destiny and his timing in its hands and that he is the most high God and I don't have to be afraid of these things. That doesn't mean we don't walk in wisdom. You know, there's times that David ran, there's times that the army of Israel went up to battle and there's times that they were told to go another way. So, uh, I'd just say, hear the voice of God and walk in wisdom. Yeah, personal wisdom would have said, kill Saul in the cave. But David had the wisdom of God. Took a lock of his hair and stole his sword. And said, hey, check it out, dude. Could have had you, didn't have you. Go away. Right? So, we... It's really hard to speak about this because it's very ambiguous. And I, and I hope it just doesn't sound like a bunch of ramblings. But there are spiritual forces and entities out there that would love uh, nothing more than to set Christ's church running like mad fools. Okay? This is not something that's set aside for the prophets or the apostles. This is not something that's set aside for Madame Babushka and her mystical readings in, on YouTube. This is for every Christian. This is for all of us. This is, this is what we are to do. This is the life that we're called to. These are the things that we are called to. So if God wakes you up in these next hours, in these next days, and he says, Rusty, I want you to go out to the back 40 Go to the pond, and on the back side of the pond, you're going to find a stone. I want you to pour olive oil on it and anoint it and set this land aside. Just do it. Just do it. You know? We had, uh, we had an instance, correct me if I'm wrong in, in how this happened, but we had an instance years ago where some people from Regina, Saskatchewan came here, went to Jack and Kay's home, and through a process of visions, saw a number of things that were completely verified on their land that they had no physical knowledge of and it, it set their property apart from the world as they knew it. It, it, it delineated them amongst other things but you know, it, 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 it gave a verification not only of the works and the gifts and callings of the individuals that were involved but it also took their land and went this far no more. Nothing is going to come on here like that anymore. This is done, you know. And it took care of strongholds that had been there for Lord knows how long, right? I mean, it could have been from the time of the Indians is what we were thinking. So, um, you know, things like that happen often. One time we, we went up and, and the Lord told us that we were to re-sanctify a certain area. And uh, it was owned by my cousin's property, by my cousin's uh, relatives. And uh, we went up there and we, we sanctified a stone, and set it in place and prayed over the property. And there was, and we had asked the owner of the property if we could do that. And there was immediate backlash after that. And my other cousin, Robin's brother, died of a heart attack within a month. Am I saying that it was directly related? May not have been. 
but it was too strange to not put a link to it. So what's important is, is that you hear God, you act accordingly, you do what's right. Did we do something wrong there? We may well have, we may not have. It may have been connected, it may not have been connected. All I'm saying, the reason I bring that up is don't let situational things scare you off from the things of God. We are coming into a time when your experience with Christ is going to be something completely different than what you've experienced thus far. It's coming. It's going to be here soon. It already is partially here. And it's imperative, imperative that we grab hold of it and we run with it. It's what God's calling is to every Christian. This is the time we live in. It's a strange thing, but it's the time we live in. I'll end with this. We had, um, I had an experience, one of the very first experiences I ever had with Christ after I got saved. I had uh, gone over to a friend of mine's place who'd gotten saved. He was the mature Christian. He was saved three weeks before me. So he really knew what was going on. So I went over to his place. And uh, and uh, if somehow this gets to Brent Rodosky, love you, Brent, uh, he is still a pastor in Saskatoon. He became a pastor shortly after he got saved, and he's been at the same work ever since. Um, and um, I'm at Brent's place. I'm in front of his couch. It's about 1 o'clock in the morning again. And I am suddenly not there anymore. I'm walking through a field and there's stones that are gold and they're alive and they're full of light. And every time you step on them, they move and undulate and sing. And the grass all around them, if your foot brushes it, sings. And the trees are alive and the air is full of an energy like I had never seen before. And in that process of walking through all this, I saw the Lord, and he's standing there, and he says, come here. And he came over, and he's standing by a, a river, a creek. And he grabs hold of me and pulls me into the water. And he says, come on in deeper. Come on, come in deeper. And so I did. And he dunked me in the water. Now, some people would say it was a baptism, and it might have been. But that's not what I was experiencing. I was experiencing somebody having fun with me. And he splashed me with the water. And then we got out of the water. And he said, I want to show you something else. And we started to walk. As we walked, we came to... It wasn't a wall, but it was just this the ending of things. And there was an opening. And I walked into the opening with him. And we stood on a ledge, on a parapet... And I looked down, and there were more people. If you were to take and cover the entire United States in shag carpet, every fiber was a person. And that's what I was seeing down below me. And it was I realized that I was in the heavenly of heavenlies. I was in the holy of holies. I was in a place that God had designed. It was hewn out of rock, but none of the rock had been cut. Um, it was beyond glorious, but it wasn't anything like what we would call a building. Um, up at the front, there, were, there was the Father, there was the Son, and there was the Holy Spirit, even though I had the Son right with me. There were all these people. There were the 12 elders. 
and there were the 12 disciples. And there were beings. I didn't didn't know. I hadn't read anything in the Bible. But I saw beings, one on either side in particular. There were these beings at the very back that were these tall, tall angels. And they kind of phased in and out and in and out. And in their phasing in and out of that reality, they were worshiping. And I realized that what I was actually seeing was the worship of these angels being present there and being present on the earth and being present there and being present on the earth as a declaration of who he was, that they were praising in both places. And then there was these two beings, one on either side, and they looked like a, a griffin. You know what a griffin is? But they had multiple heads. I, had, I didn't read anything. I'd never read anything in the Bible about this. I had no idea what I was looking at. And I came out from that experience. I had been down for about two and a half hours, I guess. And I came out from that experience. And I said, Father, I do not know what I've seen. He said, tell Brent. And I told Brent and he went, being the wise Christian three weeks older than I am. Now you're sure about that. (laughs) And there was a lady that uh, used to meet with us. I can't remember her name right now, but she would come over and she'd been saved for a few years, a number of years. And uh, she read away. She said, oh, that's, and she, I can't remember the name of that angel uh, that is like that with the multiple heads and there's a name for it anyway. I don't know if, is it the seraphim? I can't remember. But anyway, they, it, that's the one with the four faces. That's what I was seeing. And um, she said, oh yeah, that's the seraphim. That's interesting you saw that. You never read that? I said, no idea. Right? Totally new to me. Knew it was God. Didn't have anything scripturally to back it up. God is going to take you places. He's going to show you things. There is going to be translations there's going to be people taken to places where you're going to speak to people of authority. And you may or may not ever hear about it in the physical. But there's going to be changes, and we need to open ourselves up to that. As much as I love fishing and hunting, although I haven't been doing much of it over the last couple of years, that is not what I was built to do. I love fishing and hunting. And my flesh was built to do that. But my spirit man was not built to do that. My spirit man was built to go after the things of God. My spirit man was built to trounce on demons, to slam them as hard as I possibly can. I don't seek them out, but don't mess with me because I could use words. (laughs) And that's where everybody is going to be. Now their daughter, Rachel, is having events and occurrences happening in her life, and I can't speak to them because I haven't spoken to Rachel, but I can say this. I know enough to know that they're of God, She's seeing things that other people are going, what? And I am so excited to hear about them. I am so thrilled. I have been so deeply, deeply desirous of being able to hear about something new in God and what's going on with her. So I want to encourage everybody here. If you see something weird, you know, and especially for kids that are in their teens, it's important to relate this to them because if they start seeing something that's real strange, don't get freaked out by it right away. You know? Um, you know, you were saying how your daughter sometimes goes places where people go, oh, that's pretty dark. 
Well, there's a good side and a bad side to everything. And the bad side of dark is bad. But the good side of dark is that she's open to seeing things that God may show her that he may not show others. And so it's good to have our ears on and be able to hear from her what she's seeing and go, oh, right? Because sometimes, I don't know if everybody's had this experience, but sometimes you're in a meeting and somebody will say, you know, I had this weird dream about coins. About coins. Did you get to watch or listen to that one I sent you? So I had this weird dream about coins and they were all over in the fountain and we were all walking around and, and I was going to pick up the coins and this guy said to me, no, don't, careful what you're picking up. Not everything that looks good is good. Careful what you pick up. That was the dream that I had. And then just a couple of days ago, there was a prophetic word from Nate Johnson. He said, I had a dream about coins. <laughs> Be careful what you pick up. Not everything that looks good is good. And I went, she sends it to me. She said, well, you, you hit that one on the head. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, so, or you're in a meeting and, and you'll say, you know, I just keep thinking about these red sneakers. I keep seeing red sneakers. And somebody else says, that's funny because I saw an angel with red sneakers. And then somebody else says, that's really weird because I was asking for an angel and I kept seeing red sneakers too. And I don't know what's going on with that. Well, all of a sudden you're hitting points, right? You know, and then Kay in the background says, whew, I don't know what that was, but it was full of power. You know, <laughs> Those are the types of things that are coming, but it's going to happen quickly, fast. I'm just trying to encourage. I know I'm sounding like a clanging gong here going over the same thing, but I'm trying to encourage it. Be aware that it could be anything. It could be anything at all. And just stay open to that. Uh, there it is. Um, I want to unpack a little bit more uh, of what Sean just talked about as to what does this mean to us. And to normal, everyday people. Just, we're just regular people, right? Not everybody sees angels. Not everybody sees things in the spirit. That is going to become more and more common but what you need to do what and whoever is listening to this is go to the Lord and ask him to take you deeper into things of the spirit. I mean, what Sean talked about is, woo, you know, is spooky. Could be spooky. Could be fear-producing, and it it's not shouldn't do that at all. If you know who you are and the authority that you carry, then you know if you see something weird, you deal with it based on what you see and take care of it and it's gone 
or it's there with you, depending on if it's of God or not. But you need to prepare your heart, prepare yourself to experience new things in God. The, the reason that um, I am relatively, not blasé, but when people tell me unusual things, like some of the stuff that Sean just shared, um, I, I've I've seen some stuff. I've I've experienced some stuff, and it opened me up to recognize, yeah, that's yeah, that's probably probably what's going on. If you don't allow God to open you up. Open your mind. The, the problem with a lot of churches is that they found a box to put God in that was comfortable to them. And they got in the box with God. It's not that God's not there with them. He is. But we're entering and have entered an age where there's some strange things that we're going to see. It's almost, remember where uh, Scripture says, Jesus is talking about the end of the age, and he says, as it was in the days of Noah, so it will be. Well, if you go back and you read what it was like in the days of Noah, there were some really, what? This is chapter 12. No, Genesis 6 and 4. Yeah, 6 is where it starts. There were some bizarre things. This Nephilim stuff that was going on. They saw things. They heard things. They experienced spiritual things that have become uncommon now. But it's going to become more common because we're in the days of Noah, as it was in the days of Noah, so it will be when the Son of Man comes. And so... And that was the one thing that delineated the days of Noah from today. It's not about sin, promiscuity, it's the fact of the spiritual realm. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's like there, there is a... You know, we talk about the spiritual realm and the natural realm and, you know, delineate, you know, this belongs in the spiritual realm, this belongs in the natural realm. And that veil that separates them is becoming thinner and thinner and thinner and thinner. And those of, there are those who are learning to go back and forth through that veil and come back and tell us what they experienced in the spiritual realm. So what I'm, what I'm saying is, in, we are in an age that 
You're going to see some stuff. You're going to experience some stuff. Don't think you're losing your mind. God wants to show you so you can uh, protect your family, so you can teach the people around you, so you can protect your friends, so that they won't be consumed by fear. I mean, if you, if I, I'm sitting here thinking, what would I do if I was in a mall and I saw what these people said they saw? Exactly. I think that's what I would do. I, I don't... In the name of Jesus, who do you think you are coming into this realm? You do not belong here. You get out. Because I know what authority I have. The first time I ever saw an angel, it was terrifying. But then I talked to my kids, and my son had seen angels, and he was like, Oh, yeah, they're all here, 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 here. And so, it, I mean, he was like seven at the time. He said, yeah, they're at all the windows and at all the gates. And I'm like, hmm. And, and Rachel, being younger, she was like, yeah, Mama. I don't know if she'd seen them or not, but she wasn't going to let her brother get one over on her. But after that, I have experienced times where I didn't see it in physical form like I saw that first time. But I knew they were there, and I saw them in different forms. I felt them. I, fe I have felt an angel's hand on my leg when I was really, really sick. And I knew the angel had come to bring restoration to me. And so... I saw it once, and that was, Whoa! but after that, it kind of became, oh, yeah, there's an angel here. I know there's angels all through our house, because I invite them. The first time I ever dealt with the demonic as far as casting it out, it was... An interesting experience. To say the least. And I have done it enough now. You know, a hundred, over a hundred people that I've prayed with. And because God has given me a gift of seeing I can see in my spirit what's going on. I see what it looks like. I see... And sometimes I just have to laugh because they're ridiculous. They're, it's like in that scripture, said this is what... This is who brought the kings of the earth to their knees. This. It's all mind games with these beings. I understand. After I've been through a few rounds, I'm like, eh, cast them out. I understand. I understand the authority. I've exercised the authority. 
So that's why God will start showing you some things that don't make sense. And don't just file it away and go, I don't want to think about that anymore, which is kind of how I did when I first started seeing and hearing things. Ask him, why did you show me this? What, what am I supposed to get comfortable with? Now, I've never seen a Nephilim that I know of. But if I do, oh, okay. It, we're entering into a different age, and there are going to be tons of Christians who do not experience it, do not see. I guarantee you there were people in that mall that did not see that being because their hearts weren't tuned to see into the spirit realm. But yeah, they felt the terror and they ran. But God is calling us to be watchers, if you will, and you know, it's, it's not a comfortable place to be when everybody you know thinks you're, if you tell them, you're, you're crazy. I've lived that way for decades, and I've learned that there are only a few people that I can tell my experiences to, although now it's going out on a podcast, so <laughs> Lord have mercy. But, I mean, I've been having the nice little Christian lady lunch with a, a good, good woman of God. Started, just opened up to her, told her a few experiences that I'd had, and see the look on her face when inside she's going, Tilt. I don't know if this woman is even saved. So I'm saying be open to what God wants to show you and teach you because it's always for a reason. He does things for a reason. And One other thought, what was it? I don't remember what it... Okay. You took one of mine, I'll just take one of yours. Um, so I did want to make mention that um, as Kay was saying, this back and forth, that, that veil is going to drop. And when the veil drops, there's going to be no dividing line. There's many, many things happened historically that I could go into that I won't go into right now, but it started with the nuclear bomb. And the splitting of the atom and the fission between two realities was broken. Um, 
Like I said, there's a lot to go into there, but that goes into the Tower of Babel and a whole bunch of other things that I've done all kinds of research on in quantum physics and the rest that you know, your friend would like to have a talk and I won't go there. So, but what I am saying is where it comes down to earth and the thought that I wanted to get across was, uh, for privacy I won't mention names, but I have a very close relative who called me up and said, I have a problem. And I said, what's that? And they said, well, my daughter was at school and was having problems. And I got called into the office. And when they told me what her problem was, they related it to me, I said, well, yeah, I do that as well. It's not that strange. Um, and this individual's not uh, walking a walk with Christ, although they've had experiences with Christ. And they said, I don't know what to do because they said, I can't counsel you on this. This is beyond me. You need to go to this counselor. And when we got there, they told us that we were schizophrenic. And I said, oh, you're not schizophrenic. You're prophetic and you're a seer. And they said, what? And I said, well, yeah, you're prophetic and you're a seer. Runs in your family. There's a bunch of people in your family that have that in the Christian walk. They see things that nobody else sees. Yeah, but this is real. It's right in front of us. I said, yep. That is the veil being dropped. So you're going to have people that are going to say to you, you're nuts. You're schizophrenic. You need to get help. And all the things that come with that. Um, don't let fear be instilled in you. Whoever's hearing this that is afraid to step forward because you know you've got things in your life and there are, there's an individual in particular that I, I don't know who you are, but it's a lady, and you want to step out into these things because they've been on you since you were a little girl. You need to step out. We're waiting to hear what you have to tell us. There's revelation that you have, and if we look at you funny when you tell us, give us time to catch up. Okay, I remembered what I was going to say, and let me preface that with um, this. This is a safe place for you to share what what God's been showing you, what you've seen, what you're doing. Um, this is not like being at the dinner table with that lady. You know, we won't look at you strange. We won't go, I mean, well, we might, but, you know, you may have to give us a little bit of time to cycle through what you said and go, oh, okay, I see that. But a lot of us in, in this body are pro prophetic, but we can't just have prophetic people. We tease Rusty a whole lot about being talking. That is a gift. That is a gift from God that he is comfortable communicating with people and people love him. That's, if you're going to label it, probably an evangelistic gift. That doesn't mean he's an evangelist, but it means God's given him Evangelists are like diamonds. They're all shiny and sparkly, and people are drawn to them. If you get a diamond on your hand, 
people are automatically drawn to look at it. They want to see it. And so Rusty's experiences won't be the same as ours. There's, I, I know God has some things that he's wanting to, to open Rusty up to and, and, you know, whatever. I don't know what they are. Rusty will know when he sees them. And he'll be maybe coming to us going, I don't know what this was. What do you think? And I'll probably go, I don't know. Ask Jack. That friend would jump right out of that projector. I swear I saw it. I really did. <laughs> <laughs> I would notice that truck started. <laughs> so we don't want everybody to be clones of one another in here. We want you to be who God created you to be and do what he created you to do. And our job, Jack and I, is to give you the opportunities and to help you to find what it is that you're supposed to be doing and what it is that God's gifted you to do. That's our heart. That's our goal. And... Um, and this is a safe place. If you need somebody, if you need to tell us, to, if something happens, we want to hear. But you're not going to be judged here. We've all, or many of us have experienced very strange and wonderful things. And so we're not going to shake our heads at you. No. Yeah, yeah. Just, uh, we need, need to remember that, that what, is, what everything is said and has been said and will be said points us to Jesus and that we can be uh, people that do that. There are going to be people running from places scared. And they need a place to run to. And so that's, that's what we need to be. We need to be a place to run to where the, Jesus is in his 10,000. It says there in Jude that the, Jesus in his 10,000. And uh, if we do that, we won't get off ourselves. It's easy to get off in this stuff and take your focus away from Christ but our focus is in him and as long as we do that we'll we'll be good so father we thank you that you bring this to us and begin to show us uh, the things that we need to do and the things that we can do and uh, We want to run to you, not away. And have a place, be a place for people to come to. In Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah. We'll, we'll decorate. <laughs> or decorate one or the other.
We're going to decorate with the word, these words of wisdom as we have given back to the Lord a portion of what He's given us. We declare that He teaches us to profit and leads us in the way we should go. The Lord gives us power to make wealth and Lord all our needs according to His riches and glory. We bless Israel and pray for the peace of Jerusalem. As He blesses us, His way becomes known on the earth, His salvation among all nations. Lord, we are believing You for jobs and better jobs, raises and bonuses, debts paid off and transfer of wealth, prosperous businesses, our vats filled with oil and our coffers with gold, expenses increased, blessings increased, heavens opened, earth invaded, signs, wonders, and miracles, and angelic visitations. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, we thank you for more than enough so we can give into your kingdom, co-labor with heaven, and see Jesus get his full reward. Amen. Amen. See, there we pray that. There at the end, angelic visitations. <laughs> We've been believing for such things, and it's going going on now. Seeing the evidence of it. 